0: What's going on people people? This is Krish Kumar, and I'm a producer for the show you're tuning into, From a People Perspective. This is a podcast about fascinating people, how they got to where they are and where they're going, all from the lens of HR, recruitment and operations. This show is hosted by Martin Hawk. Before getting started with today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Thanks to Wealth Simple for Work, Providing group RRSP and benefit programs for employers to offer. Spring Law, providing virtual support for your smallest and largest employment law issues. HUMI, a beautiful and easy to use HRIS platform. And the Leadership Agency, providing award winning recruitment for startups using innovative approaches. We've got a great episode ahead of us and hope you enjoy. Hey,
1: everybody. It's been a while. It's been a long while. There's many reasons behind that. Not any that I'll get into today, but I'm okay. Everybody's okay. It's just things got overwhelming (laughs) and I didn't have as much time to do podcasts as as I wanted to. That being said, that all changes today and I could not be more stoked to be talking to Ali Harji today. Um, Mm -hmm. Ali, Welcome.
2: Hi, everyone. Hey, thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast, so I'm really excited to be here, uh, and, and especially happy to be doing this one with you. We've known each other for, for a few years now, so it's, it's great to finally come around and do this with you.
1: Yeah, no, likewise. I think, I mean, I like starting with like the origin point of how we got connected and how we know each other. I don't typically interview folks that I don't know at all, period, <laughs> um, and so I think the interesting, I have to admit, <laughs> there's like, the, the backstory that you don't know about here is that when you initially, you reached out to me, as amazing and great recruiters do, um, with an opportunity at Shopify. At Shopify, yeah, it was a while ago. That was
2: the first time I think we re- I reached out to you. Yeah. Um, and, and, of you know, of course, back in the day, and, and we're going to get into this, you know, I was doing mm. a lot of like the r for r work. So like reaching out to a lot of recruiters and just kind of spreading the good word and, and talking about what we were doing but i remember the first time i met you was you you were actually were a speaker at the sourcing summit in toronto um, which was the first time sourcing summit had come to canada uh, I think this was twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you had given, I believe, one of the keynote speaker, like you were one of the keynotes or one of the speakers, um, and you talked about tools and you talked about Unbiasify, like what you were building. And I remember I learned a lot from that. So that was also like one of the first times that we'd actually met in person and you know got to shake hands.
1: We got to, and and that's such a rare thing in these days, obviously, is to like we we got to shake hands, but we also. We we know each other virtually better than we do in person, I suppose. <laughs>
2: that's it. And and I imagine that's a lot of the case for a lot of people in TA, right? That, yeah. 100%. You know, like to network and like to build up their connections with people in their industry. And it's like, I don't know you. I've never met you, mm-hmm. uh, but we're in the same thing. We're in the same trenches. Like we understand what we do and we have that appreciation uh, and, you know, can have a conversation around the same topic. And so that's what this is, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the great thing about, I think, the industry that we're in where you know, a lot of the people are genuinely interested in getting to know you and wanting to speak to you and, and build their networks yeah. and connections. So,
1: yeah, the Network. curiosity part is the curiosity part is key. I think in terms of recruitment talent, like if you're hiring a recruiter for your team, it, there needs to be like some form of insatiable curiosity because that's what I think truly raises the bar on between you know good recruiter and great recruiters, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, The one thing that stands and I mean, I don't know if I'm ready to laugh about this yet, but, you know, with any recruiter reaching out, there's always this, like, choice. Oh, I mean, there's an option. If I'm successful with this particular person in terms of getting recruited, um, you know, my life could change significantly. And at that time, when you reached out to me, it was like the timing was a little bit weird. I had just joined CoinSquare. I was, and still am. Obsessed with the cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain space, and I like there was a tough, tough choice. You're like Martin, you know, we are hiring a ton of talent acquisition folks, and this was this was way back, and way back, uh, yeah. and I was like, oh man, like maybe even <clears throat> even just looking at stock prices, honestly, like it was like, did I make the right choice? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I like, there's always that.
2: There's always going to be that, right? hundred percent.
1: I could have got the chance to work with you every day. I could have, <laughs> uh, there's, you know, all the growth that was like experienced. And I, I learned a ton from Coinsquare. I loved every minute of it. Don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was the classic startup scenario where it's like, there's, there's hard lessons. There's great, great lessons. You learn a million different things in a million different ways, but like, with, with, with regards to yourself and, and the opportunity you presented. I'm like,
0: did I that?
1: So that's
2: still... I personally think you did all right. Uh, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. I mean, look, you know, what you did with CoinSquare, that was a that was a few years ago, right? So that yeah. was kind of early Web3. Blockchain tech was coming out. Yeah. Um, and you had the opportunity to be at the frontier of this new thing coming to Canada. Look, yeah. So, you know, like, Shopify is a company. It's going to be there. They're going to do their thing. So, like, you can always work there at another time. But the opportunity you had, I think, was the right choice because um, you got to own it. You know, like, you're not coming in owning just one thing. And I remember yeah. now we were looking for, uh, like, a senior lead to come in and own product with, for everything Shopify. I think that yeah. was it. Um, and, and so, you know, I think what you did was was great. And you spent a few years with Coinsquare mm-hmm. um, and... and yeah, now look at where the industry's at, right? Like, there's so much happening. Um, it's wild. So, I mean, even, you know, one of my good friends, Lisa, uh, she works at ShakePay, and they're in that industry as well. And so there, there's these companies in Canada that are coming up. And, you know, um, the Bitcoin crypto thing, of course, I'm not, I don't know a lot about it. Mm. Uh, you probably know way more about it than <laughs> I do. But it is an exciting space. Yeah. Um, it is one of those spaces where, you know, if you have that, you um, that drive like you were just talking about that genuine interest um you you can do really well there right like you there, there's a lot of opportunity
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna go off script here um uh, not that we had a script in the beginning but i, I just said that <laughs> I because like, that's a second, what there
2: was a script
1: <laughs> that, that's what people say um here's i'm gonna pose a question to you that that's more specific
2: okay
1: you're talking about new frontiers and like cutting edge and I know that we do want to talk about one thing. Do we want to talk about that one thing now? Or do we want to leave it for the end as sort of like, and we're just, we're just. Let's
2: do it now. And, and okay. we to people right. to stay in. Uh, you exactly. Know, like if they're interested to hear about me later.
1: All right. So, um, you know, you being you, being the great recruiter that you are, um, posted this really interesting post about an opportunity. And when people talk about joining a rocket ship. Uh, they're obviously using metaphors. However, when when you share that metaphor, it's a little bit different now. Maybe, yeah, I would love for you to kind of like share what you're working on right now, and we can go backwards from there and figure out how you got to where you are today. But right now, what's front and center for you? What are you looking for? And yeah.
2: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. I love that joke because, uh, you know, when I initially went to market with this role, I definitely did have a lot of people reach out being like, you know, I love – you know, this like pre-rocket ship idea, like would love to get in at the ground stage. And it's like, it's an actual rocket. <laughs> rocket. Like, oh, okay. Sorry. I read that wrong. You know, I thought it was another SAS product or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I just love that idea of like, no, no, this is an actual rocket. This is an actual space company. Uh, and it's one of the first in Canada. And yeah. so what I'm working on right now um, you know, like I, I decided to take on this contract. I've never done contracting before. Um, and this, this offer came across my desk saying, hey, we're looking for somebody to help us find a head of talent, like a head of recruiting. Um, it's this company called Space Ride, brand new or a small team. Um, and so to me, when, I, when that came across my desk, first of all, I said, okay, um, I've done this kind of work before, right? Like talent, uh, recruiting talent, talking to talent, getting people excited about a thing. I can do that. That's the easy part. But holy shit, space ride, space? What, what's going on here, right? Mm. And so I'm looking into the company, and I'm saying, holy shit, we're building rockets? Are these guys are building rockets in Toronto? Um, and so it turns out that there's this really exciting space, um, like space company, um, that's you know part of this this new space economy, and they're called Space Ride. They're located just north of Toronto in a city called Vaughan. Um, and what they're doing is they're building, um, you know, their product is essentially space delivery, um, and. and the, the, the difference between that is that their technology and the science they're using is very different than what's current today, right? Yeah. Um, and so they've come up with this way of delivering a payload to space in, into low Earth orbit but from a high-altitude launch. And so what's, like, right now, um, and again, I'm, I'm learning all this stuff right now, so, like, if there's any rocket scientists out there and I'm getting something wrong, please call me out on it. Um, but you, what this...
1: <laughs> what you'll use... Sorry, I was just going to say, like, you called me out on, like, saying, I don't know too much about Bitcoin. Like, like, how about I be the Bitcoin expert today and you're the space expert today? And yeah, we'll just, we, go. we won't worry too much about it. Nobody needs to call us out.
2: Yeah, I've got two weeks of, of understanding space terminology <laughs> under my belt. So, um, so, yeah, basically back to the product. So what they're doing, you know, they're launching their rockets from high altitude. And so it's 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 easier to get rockets into space. It's cheaper. It's um, uh better for the climate uh you know there, there there's there's more windows uh, opportunities to launch where you don't have to be in specific parts of the world or work for specific times mm-hmm. of the year um etc etc um and they're growing like crazy you know like they're at a point where they're working on their funding they're angel invested right now self-funded right now that the owners um are the ceo and coo and they're an excellent couple that are so dedicated to this thing um and you know like this is a brand new sector for Canada. It's, we don't have this sort of technology available right now, right? That, like maybe there's one or two other startups, but then there's all the big agencies and your your Canadian space agencies and your MDAs and um, you know, they're in like satellite technology or, or telecoms, but in terms of delivery, we don't have that. And so this is an opportunity to get in with this startup that's in this like you know, we're, we're seeing every other day, like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos are doing something up in space. And it's like, OK, come on, like you guys can't be the only ones doing this. Like <laughs> it's up to somebody else. Right. Like uh, people that actually need to be up there. Um, and so, you know, like this accessibility to space for corporations, for government, for uh, public and private industries, like it's 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 a new frontier is really what it is. Like that's the word that comes out to me. And the work that this team is doing is pioneering. You know, yep. it's like, how can we deliver things quicker, right? Like, you don't have to wait six months to get on a rocket ship and pay millions of dollars, right? Like, you can plan this for the end of the week. You know, hey, we've got to get this thing delivered to, um, you know, the space, uh, the space, the, our satellites or the mm. sp- whatever they've got going on up there by that time. Um, and so it's, it's an exciting venture. You know, they're planning some, they've got some great plans for growth. It's, um, you know, these are... I like calling them space entrepreneurs, um, which is kind of like this new thing. uh, I think that's going on that I've been learning about. Um, And it's just interesting to me because it's not your regular tech company. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like you're just hiring more developers and you're working on a SaaS product or you're just like trying to deliver more shareholder value. Um, There's science behind this. This is, you know, you're working on a project that has repercussions across climate, across uh, socioeconomic, that has... Uh, is future looking right Mm -hmm. Um, and to be able to get into a company at this stage right there are only 35 people 35 40 people um it's very exciting because you get to have your hands in so many of these growth pieces growth pieces right um how are we recruiting How are we building talent what is our employer brand what is our evp um how are we going planning on onboarding people and like building this thing to scale it's Mm -hmm. super exciting to me you know um the kicker is it's in toronto and so that's kind of what you're looking for you know or what i'm looking for um is somebody in toronto that's got that drive that wants to be there every day in this rocket factory like it's an actual rocket factory martin like that's kind of crazy that's wild um you know where you can't build a rocket you know, remotely, right? Like you can't use a screwdriver or a hammer remotely. And so, you know, this team is hands-on. They're there every day or, or, well, at least like four out of five days per week. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they're doing this incredible work and they've got some really great milestones. You know, we're looking at uh, first launch next year of a rocket um, from the upper atmosphere. Last year they did their first balloon launch um, because that's how we get the platform up to the upper atmosphere. And then they've got a really lofty goal of, you know, looking at 2024. Um, to get to the moon, um, which to me just, I don't understand that. Like that's, that's, first of all, it's very far away. Um, and second of all, it's like moon, holy cow. I don't understand the technology to get there. But if you guys are saying this is part of your plan, that's exciting because we know yeah. NASA's trying to go back. We know there's more interest in, in moon right now. And so you're going to need a logistics network eventually to get things there yeah. consistently. And that's kind of the space that they're going into. And I just think it's like very future thinking.
1: No, of course No, it's not as a recruiters and even folks in hr that that touch the recruiting piece not often do you get that of exciting of a story and and pitch so i'm i'm fascinated by all the challenges you might have with this search or any search at that organization at at space ride or just because the amount of the amount of traffic you may get from interested parties and like the Diversity of candidates you might get because it is like there's at the end of the day there are space fans out there one hundred percent and you know I guess the I've got a few few questions that sort of come to mind and you mentioned Elon and not to necessarily <laughs> I guess there's been because society and you know the Bezoses and the the billionaires of the world are covered in the news more often because of the the projects that they're working on the. Literacy in terms of space technology is a little bit higher than it might have been pre-Bezos and Elon and Branson going to space. Uh, I think obviously SpaceX is, you know, the, the pinnacle of, you know, where people's attention is towards and sort of like coming in second would be Bezos and Branson and whatnot in terms of that. But I guess my question to you is like for the folks that understand have been tracking that or understand more like how close to what SpaceX mission is to Space Ride? And I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but that's the first question that came to my mind. Like are there comparables? What's the easiest way to like onboard myself here?
2: Yeah, great question. And um, you know, I mean obviously like comparing a company like SpaceX to Space Ride one is thirty-five people. One is thousands of people around the world. 100%. You know, billions of dollars. Um, and so two very different companies. But mm-hmm. I, 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 feel like I could probably comfortably say that there is inspiration uh, in what they're doing. That is enabling all these other companies to say, "Hey, okay, how can we get in on this?" Um, and make you know these sort of services more accessible to everybody, where you yeah. don't have to be a billionaire or a Shatner to get you know your your, your, <laughs> your, your, your trips up there. You know, get things delivered, whatever you need. You know, the this company is saying, how can we make this more affordable and more accessible and allow other people to get in on this new frontier? Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of it being gate kept by billionaires. Right. Yeah. Um, And and so, you know, like it's an ambitious goal that they have, I think. Um, But, you know, it's 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 got not just like this cool science to it and that is this new industry and a space entrepreneurship. Um, But, yeah, you're right it is freaking space. It's cool. Right? Like it's been a topic that we've been hearing a lot more about. Um, I like to say is like, aren't you getting bored of earth? Like think about space, right? Like Like, just think about what else is out there. Um, But it it, it certainly does have that like cool factor to it is what I want to call it, where it's like this isn't you're not just doing anything. You're not just recruiting. You're not just an HR coordinator. You're like the first person in the ground here at this space company that's trying to do something amazing and it's going to have Canada on it. You know, there's some national pride to this as well, where it's like we don't have these like launch vehicles in Canada. We don't have that capability. Of course, we have satellites. We've got the Canada arm. That's one of the things everybody knows. Um, You know, we've had astronauts, but we don't have our own rockets. And so it's exciting to see, Okay, like what can the future look like for that? Um, if you think about the amount of space we have in Canada, you know, potential to build spaceports, um, you know, some of the best areas for launches are the poles or the equator. Right. And we've got pole. Um, and so, you know, there, there's, there's room to think about like, okay, like what is this new era going to look like? What is the space economy? What are, what are space jobs going to be? Um, what are the companies that are going to be involved in this and competition's good. So SpaceX can't be the only one.
1: This definitely passes what I like to call the barbecue Mm -hmm. test and the barbecue test is like somewhat related to the mall test. And I don't agree with the mall test because it's just, it's, it's less mall I test. test. So you're going to have to tell me what these tests are. No, no, of course. So like the mall test is like, if you saw this person at a mall, would you walk up to them and say hello? And it's not like, it, it's not a fair question to ask. Like, right, 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 right. yeah, I've seen it before in the past. And I'm like, that's not fair. But the barbecue test is my, my take on this is like, if someone asks you what you do for a living, are you? Do you become the coolest person at the barbecue? And yeah. like literally this this passes the barbecue test. Like you're going to like some people will say, oh, I do this at company XYZ. And they might, you know, it was like, oh, cool. Nice to hear. Like, but then you say, hey, I do X and I work for a space ride and we're trying to get rockets to space for Canada. Like guess what you're going to be talking about for the next 30 minutes. Pretty cool, uh, right? Probably, probably that. So I guess. Yeah having a passion for space is nice those are the nice to haves but what are you looking for ali like what's like what's your you know if if someone's still listening and i'm pretty sure they will be
2: like (laughs) i hope so
1: (laughs) all six listeners um if someone's if you know what are you what are you ideally looking for
2: yeah great question so you know um the, the recruiting piece of this, you know, in terms of experience, we're not going, you don't have to be high end. You know, we're not looking for 20, 30 years of executive uh, experience at a large organization to be the head of recruiting. Um, we're looking for somebody that at least as a base understands recruiting, right? Like that's yeah. going to be the easiest part of this. But what really matters is that thing you said about that genuine interest, that entrepreneurial spirit, that wanting to kind of be in with this team and be there to grow this thing and really have that drive. Um, you know, at this stage for this company, for how they want to grow, for the type of business they're pursuing and how they need, uh, again, what they're doing, like you have to have passion. Um, And so, yes, there's an interest in space. I think everybody says there's an interest in space, but I, you know, like that, that's the easy part. I think the interest is in, do you have the mindset to take something like this on? Um, yeah. and to be a part of this and dedicate your time to it and to be there with the team um, to you, deeply understand the growth path, to deeply understand the culture of this team, to deeply understand how do we get other people excited about this um, yeah. and really be that early you know, recruitment-slash-people-slash-talent leader um, for one of Canada's first space startups. So there is the experience piece, but mostly it's going to come down to the right person and the right fit. Because probably one of the biggest pieces of this is, you know, you'll be working with the owners of this company, with their C-suite, with their executives, and they are the owners. So they have to trust you deeply if they're giving this whole thing over to you. Yeah. Um, you know, recruitment right now. Um, you know they're they're running it the best they can. It's very scrappy. It's it's your your classic startup style where it's you know the COO and their office manager and they're using a spreadsheet and their their ATS is their email um, and it's just like that is great for a startup but they're scaling and yeah. they can't be caught up in that um, amount of inefficient recruiting practice frankly right yeah um so they need somebody to come in that they can hand this off to but these are the first hires for this company and those are critical and so they have to trust this person that they're not just going to come in and just be like okay tell me what to do no no they want somebody that wants to come in join this thing own it have a little entrepreneurial spirit around their own career Mm -hmm. um and and, and come in and just like dedicate themselves to growing this and you know like again that wide aperture you know we're 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 not limiting ourselves by compensation right now uh, but the opportunity is like these guys are pre pre-funding, right? Like pre they're, they're in their seed area seed range right now where they're not IPOing just yet, you know, like it's, so it's a great time to get in, um, mm-hmm. you know, very early, which could be uh, life changing for somebody down the road. And the other thing I like saying is like, well, you know, join this company today and in 20, 30 years, you'll be on the Netflix documentary, uh, yep. about the company, right. Just cause they're yeah. doing this amazing work. You have no idea where this can go.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, Best way for someone to to get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, best way to get in touch with me is just to email me. um, It's ally, A-L-Y, at spaceride.com. Best way to get in touch with with me if you want to talk about this role. Um, Of course, you can find it posted in the the, the People People group. It'll be posted on my LinkedIn. It's posted online. You can look on their website. Um, But yeah, if you want to talk to me directly, which I'd love to do, um, again, it's ally, A-L-Y, at
1: spaceride.com. Um, Space ride has a Y in ride as well. You're right.
2: Yeah, it's the cool version of ride. The cool yeah, so version. R- yeah. R-Y-D.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. No, no, I appreciate that. So um, we focused on the present. I want to zoom back and tackle the past and yeah. kind of really the the you know this podcast is called from a people perspective, and it kind of intentionally was left super broad so that it wasn't like. I have to interview folks from HR, talent acquisition for the rest of the existence of the podcast if it turns into something. Knock on wood that it does. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, for and what I'm curious, and I've always been curious because there's most of the folks listening are going to be either entry point into their career in HR or recruitment or operations. And I think even just looking at your your LinkedIn profile, it is university, then it jumps straight into recruitment. <laughs> and, you know, there's a ton of stuff in between that I'm always curious to hear about. Now, I don't want to spend like all of it talking about that, but I would love to just kind of get a sense of what you did before you joined the world of people ops and, and yeah. recruitment. And the origin you, story. The origin it. story. Let's, let's listen to the Ali's version of Logan.
2: Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I've done that a little bit on purpose, you know, that little bit of a mystery to my profile allows me to have this conversation over and over again. Like, how did you do this thing? Where did you come from? Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, you know, there's a big 10 year gap. Um, and that's because before I got into this entire industry, I was in hospitality management, right? right. I worked in restaurants, in bars, conference halls, you know, that whole that whole world. Um, and I'd gotten into hospitality, you know, through university, um, you know, paying for, paying for school, having that part-time job going, and just, you know, really enjoying that kind of work. And so, you know, for the first like 10 years after I graduated, um, I, w- I was working, you know, in Waterloo, I worked in Ottawa, um, did some small things in Toronto and Guelph area. Um, and it's just, you know, that's the world I lived in. Um, I didn't even know talent acquisition was a job or like, it's like, what is a recruiter going to ever do for me? Like I'm not ever going to need that. Right. Uh, Cause I never even knew this world existed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I remember the first time I actually found out about a job like Shopify or recruitment. Uh, I was in a restaurant, I was managing a restaurant here in Ottawa. Um, and one of our hostesses came up to me with a job description that she was interested in applying for. Uh, and I read it cause you know, it wasn't, uh, we weren't busy at that time. And I said, Hey, you know what? This is a great job description. I'm going to apply for this. Uh, <laughs> this sounds like something, uh, I could do and enjoy doing. Um, and so, you know, there was that moment where again, very, very, I think commonly where, you know, there, there's a saying people fall into recruitment. Like they never thought about yeah. it. Nobody goes to yeah. school for this. Right. Um, as, as far as I know. Nope, I, I hated HR, right? Like I took HR, one HR course and I was like, I never want to do this again. Um, and so like, I never even thought about that kind of world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I found at that time, you know, this company that was doing something different. And again, this is a very different time at that company, right? Like where, you know, th- it was a, there was a different level of care. There was a different level of appreciation for talent versus experience. Um, and, and, you know, they were in this industry of, of entrepreneurship and commerce. Um, that, you know, I kind of decided like, Hey, okay, Ottawa company is starting up. Like, this sounds really cool. I've never thought about anything like this, but just the way they're talking about, you know, this, this, this place and the, the people there and what drives them. Um, I said, I could do this. I want to spend my time doing something like that. Cause at that point, you know, like after 10 years, you know, I call it my tenure, um, <laughs> in, in a hospitality, right? Like you get to a point in that career, at least where it's like, okay, do I want to be a lifer in this am I going to continue like working in restaurants or am I going to open my own um and I knew both of those weren't what I wanted to do right right like, you know you get addicted to that industry after a while there's a lifestyle there's cash in hand there's all these things going on uh but you get old and you want to move on right like you're not I for me I'd done my time I'd had my fun uh and I definitely didn't want to open my own restaurant like no thank you um and so yeah you know this there, there was this moment where it just came to me And I was like, this kind of aligns with all the little pieces I've been telling myself that, um, you know, I I want. Um, And so, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, sorry.
1: Can we sidebar real quick? Um, The one thing that I'm uh, hearing, which is interesting and I kind of want to double click on, is the hospitality piece and just like 10 years in that spot. What I think is really interesting, maybe you're going to touch on this, but um, that if you think of the two things in people ops right now that are front and center for talent acquisition and HR, it's experience, mm-hmm. candidate mm-hmm. experience and employee experience, right? And so what's hilarious in terms of like an unintentional way, I assume, is that hospitality is exclusively folk. like it's around nothing, no industry is more focused on a person's experience then, like the word are hospitable itself is like, is, are you having a good time? It was, they were very hospitable to me. Right. That's the mm-hmm. whole, so it makes complete sense. I'm curious, uh, like it's obvious when you think about it in retrospect, but if I were a hiring manager needing to hire a talent acquisition person, I wouldn't just knock on the door of a bunch of hospitality folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to go to find those people as well. So I guess I'm just kind of curious, About I'm curious to hear your perspective on that. But before we dive into that, very quickly, if you were gonna open a restaurant, what type of restaurant would it be? Ooh, and what would be the like signature dish? Barbecue. It'd be a barbecue spot,
2: man. I could like and and I would probably opt in to be pit master because i could just stand by a fire all day long amazing just smelling meat i would love that <laughs> probably probably uh sorry if that any vegan uh, listeners aren't into that thing but like i could stand by a fire cooking meat all day long amazing
1: um, and i would just love it um you have a name set up oh god no okay <laughs> no, cool
2: no no, 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 right. no nothing yet, yeah because you decided you weren't going to do that right <laughs> exactly yeah so totally out of sight out of mind forgot about that but yeah yeah um there actually is a trend and i think you're right you know like there are a lot of people that get into recruitment and they've started in hospitality. Um, and, and, you know, I think the thing, the, the hard thing is, is like a lot of people just need that chance. Right. Um, and there, that's a chance that I, I had a privilege of getting, I I mean, I worked fucking hard to get that chance and I'll tell you that story in a second. Um, but you know, like, and, and there's other advice on this, like if you're trying to get into a, a, into a big tech company like that, like that doesn't have to be your first step, right? Like consider Mm -hmm. that the top of the stairs and like, you need to think about, okay, what are all the steps I need to take to get to that top, right? To that goal that I want to do. And that's kind of the approach I took. um, Of like, okay, how do I get this job at this company that I want to join? I've got zero experience. They're hiring people with no experience, but like my experience was less than no experience, I guess, I don't know, right? (laughs) Um, And so, um, you know, that was one special thing that, you know, Shopify did back in the day was they took that risk on people. It's like, okay, like we realized that you don't have to have been a recruiter for ten years to be a great recruiter, or to be able to have a good conversation with somebody, or you know, understand their motivations and their drivers, and uh, you know, just just there's there's those transferable skills that come from hospitality. Um, you know, where you're driven, you're working hard, you're talking yeah. to people, you're understanding them. For me, that's one of the things that kept me in hospitality for so long, and that transfers over well to what I do today is that I'm actually energized by people, right? Like, I'm energized by the interactions, by meeting new people, by having conversations. Um, And so that transferred over perfectly to, you know, talent sourcing and... And uh, head hunting because it's like, well, you're pitching people and you're you're talking to them and you're trying to get them excited and you're trying to do all these things. The same way I was trying to get them excited about an upsell on a steak or whatever. Was, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, yeah, no, this is why you want this steak instead of this shitty steak you have right now, right? Like, um, and you know, like there's, there's just all these different ways of looking at it. But there absolutely is a trend, you know. Um, I feel like most of the people I worked with at some point work retail or retail hospitality, um, and 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 these are you know jobs that a lot of people have but it does take the certain kind of person to kind of have that drive as well to say okay i want to continue with this and i want to do something like this um as opposed to a lot of people also work hospitality or retail just because they need a job right yeah um yeah. and so it is trend like a transitory or you know whatever it is but um for whatever the reason is a lot of good people tend to come out of hospitality and do very well um yeah. and so i you know is it a trend or is it just life um and, and there's good people everywhere Um, you know that's my story
1: no I mean I mean thank you for sharing it and I mean I'm biased towards folks that have come from the hospitality space Uh, not even I mean I don't know Uh, I've I've hired one of the most incredible uh, HR business partners and when they applied uh, they were from Starbucks and they were managing three stores but on paper you see Starbucks and you don't do the translation of like but after speaking with them and we at the time we didn't end up hiring them for the the role that was um in place but she stood out so much that i remembered her when i moved on to the next company and we didn't we just skipped the whole like join as an office manager because that's an interesting like entry point for hr folks is Mm -hmm. like become the office manager and then eventually become formally part of HR especially at startups right and and but everything that she dealt with on a day-to-day basis you know large organizational corporate training that's hugely valuable structure all that fun stuff and like hospitality is not it's not like all mom-and-pop shops even though it might look like that on the front like there's a serious machine behind those things and like the amount of organization and structure, like as you're talking about recruitment, like keeping candidates warm, you know, in terms of like, you know, are they still interested? That's the equivalent of like, I've got 50 tables. I don't know if that's a lot or, or a little. I think that's that depends, for me. That yeah,
2: it depends where you're at. That's a lot. That is yeah, a, lot. That's
1: a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but 50, if, if you've got 20 tables even, and you got to go in and like with even just like, quick micro interactions just to be like, what's the temperature at this table? Am I doing good or bad? And that's the same kind of interaction you have with uh, hiring managers and mm-hmm. candidates. And like, you're like, at every given moment, you're like, what's the person's temperature level? Like, are, are we in good shape here? Are, are things going south? And it, it kind of builds this weird instinctual muscle to be like, okay, I need to give this table more love or whatever the case might be. Um, it's just, in a world where we don't do a good job of providing opportunities to folks that are looking to transition their careers, mm-hmm. I wish this these types of stories, your story, uh, and, and other stories were like more out there so that folks could like see the like, oh, wow, I do have like an opportunity. Like for myself, I dropped out of high school in grade 10. And like, I had the greatest fear that I'm like, I'm gonna be stuck flipping burgers for the rest of my life because that's what movies told me was gonna happen. And like, that's still a fear for so many people. So I do really appreciate you sharing, you know, that side of the story.
2: yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really about the, the transferable skills, and you're so right. You know, like there is that bias where somebody will look at, like you said, like, oh, Starbucks, okay, so you just worked in a coffee shop. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, this is the world's largest coffee shop. You ran three of them. Um, yeah. you, you deal with, frankly, like tough customers all day long, tough employees, oh tough situations. Anybody in retail has perseverance. They've got grit. They've got that. Um, you know, they're able to kind of deal with tricky situations and get through them while, you know, be keeping people happy if you're good at the job, at least, um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of that perseverance, right? Like that is, these are all skills that you need as a recruiter, you know, you need to be able to talk to people, like you said, get the pulse, understand like, okay, where is this conversation going? What do I need to do to, you know, connect all the partners and, um, I mean, these are things that, you, you again, like, these are inherent skills, right? Like, how do you deal with people? You, again, you don't go to school. Like, how no. do you learn grit? You don't take a course <laughs> in grit 101, right? Like, you, you do that through your experiences and through your work ethic and the, just the way you, you've had these life experiences. And so I personally just, you know, I spent a lot of time in retail, hospitality. Like, I've got a ton of respect for people that come from there uh, and have those backgrounds. But I also know how tough it is to get out. Um, yeah. and to get an opportunity and to find somebody to take a chance on you and that's actually what happened to me right so you know along the lines of the story um, you know I I kind of set my eyes on this goal of like okay there's this job called talent sorcerer um, at Shopify and basically you're an internet detective and like you <laughs> spend your day like talking to people and finding them and it's like okay like I'm a computer nerd right like I love this stuff um, I'm on my computer all day anyways like I can find people. I know how to do that, right? Um, not try not to re- trying not to reveal too much, but like, yeah, I could find people on the internet if I need to. Um, that's cool. And I could talk to people all day, every day. I love that. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is something I want to try out. I want to give my time to it. Um, and so, of course, I applied for the job. Um, and of course, I got rejected for the job. Um, first time applying, right? Like, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I remember my first application to this company. And I, I ended up applying many, many times. I, I don't have a fancy LinkedIn post to prove it, but I did, um, <laughs> right? Um, I remember the first job um, that I'd fully applied for. Um, there, at the time, you know, Doug Tetzner was the director there and you know, they were having fun with their recruitment process. And in the middle of the job description, he snuck in a line that said, if you've made it this far, don't apply for this job, just call me at this number instead. Amazing. Um, and then he just kept going, right? Um, and so I picked up on that and I was playing phone tag with him, you know, like never got through, but then he ended up calling me like at like eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. It was late. I obviously I'm at home and I've had a couple beers. Right. And I was just like, okay, this is terrible (laughs) right now. Like I can't interview. And so of course I didn't get the job. Right. Like it's just terrible. I, I had no idea. I was caught off guard completely. Um, and so that, you know, didn't go well. I didn't get that job at the time.
1: No, not even after that
2: no 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 it, it uh it oh martin the let, easter let egg
1: yeah no that's what easter we're here egg for egg. this is amazing
2: yeah you know but i caught the easter egg and that's okay right um and that was one of the things i was like okay that's, that's cool right like whatever I, I i wasn't prepared this is the first time i've applied for a job in a real world you know working shifts like whatever right like yeah. I, like i i didn't like take it to heart or anything but yeah. i was like okay cool whatever right i was just keep my eye on this thing and go back to work tomorrow It's fine, I've got a job. Um, and so, you know, started like learning more about the company and getting like really obsessed like really obsessed i was like holy shit like you guys are doing really cool work like my sister knew them like she would go to their like parties back when they were in the byword market and be like there's this really cool company called shopify you should check them out one day um and i was like all right like i know they get uh catered food from some of the restaurants in the area because that's what, yeah, yeah. where they were and i was at one of those uh, restaurants okay. right so i was like oh yeah i've heard of this company right Um, And so, yeah, you know, just kept my eye on it. But I was applying like every time a recruiter role or a talent sorcerer role would come up, I was applying. (laughs) And so I was making sure that every application was different. Every resume was different. Every cover letter was different. Um, They would ask like they would have like challenge questions. And so like I would put a lot of time into Your the challenge and questions, right? So I was putting a lot, like I made videos, I made, uh, I hosted a Shopify website with my resume on it, and like all these things, right? Whoa. Over and over. And you can ask my now wife, like I was obsessed, right? Like absolutely <laughs> obsessed. Um, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll DM you the video I made after this. Um, Amazing. Uh, it, I dubbed over a Batman uh, scene of an interview um, with my own words, but um, you know, like I was, I, I really did get into this place where it's like, okay, I know the kind of work I want to do and I know why I want to do it at Shopify. Yeah. I have a connection to entrepreneurship. My 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 mom and dad were entrepreneurs for 40 years. They owned a business. My heritage is entrepreneurs. You know, they moved to Africa back in the day from India as spice traders. Um, and so this is part of my heritage, but me myself, like I didn't have it, right? Like I wasn't, I didn't have that risk to like open up my own store or like to, to do my own business. But this was to me is like this is how i can give back this is how i can be involved with entrepreneurship right yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know the whole time i'm like oh my god imagine if my dad had this pos or like imagine if if mom had you know this system instead they wouldn't have had to use all the old things but this is back in the, like the 80s and 90s right um so obviously different times but that was my motivation that was my like this is why this company is important to me and why i believe in what we're doing but I wasn't getting in. They weren't letting me in. You know, I interviewed and like got rejected and you know, you're doing the thing. And and so I ended up interviewing nine times um, or or nine nine, times, nine times, overall nine times. But the difference was between the eighth application and the ninth application, I took a year off and that's where somebody gave me a chance. And so I got through my network. um, I got introduced to a boutique uh, executive search firm here in Ottawa. Um, right. they were called Higgins Executive Search. Uh, it was a family-owned boutique, Brock Higgins, Brenda uh, you know they took care of me. they brought me in. They were super um, welcoming to off to hire somebody with no experience and fresh out of you know hospitality and I remember being really clear with them being like, listen, like, I'd love to do <laughs> this with you guys. I need to learn. But in one year from now I'm going to be applying for a job at Shopify. Right. Like this is the job I want to do. For. Amazing. Um, and you know, Brock, and, and I remember I was t- talking to, to Mike at that time too. He was one of the partners. They were like, all right, yeah, no problem. We'll help you out. Right. Like as long as you want to come in and, and help us right now, um, you know, they were a, um, uh, they focused in on Indigenous executive search, right, mm-hmm. across Canada. And they were one of the only firms that was doing that sort of work. And so they brought me on as a researcher, recruitment researcher, um, or talent source or whatever you want to call it, right? It's got a bunch of different names. Um, and that's what I did there for a year. You know, and this is this is sourcing on uh, academia sites, sometimes on LinkedIn. I'm reading community newspapers, uh, you know, trying to figure out, like, okay, who are the professors for that would move to Manitoba for their school of indigenous studies or whatever it was. Right. Um, and so like just doing this like old school sourcing, but that's where I learned, Mm. that's where I learned. And they were so kind to me and they gave me that chance and support to say, look, we think you could do this. Like this isn't rocket science. Come on in. We're going to give you a chance because you're a good person. And so they taught me and so, you know, spent a year with them, worked on some really interesting searches, You know, got to meet clients and like see how they operated. And I used that one year of experience to leverage um, into a role at Shopify where I got hired as the first talent sourcer with experience, right? Everybody else on the team had been grown in house or had done something else or was a researcher, um, but none of them had ever actually worked in a sourcing, talent sourcing, or talent research function. And so I was the first one that got hired at Shopify with that in 2016. Um, And it was great because you get to come in and you get to compare notes and you're saying, okay, this is how we did it in this executive search firm. And so obviously I started working with Doug on executive search fairly early on, um, you know, just kind of bringing the learnings I had. And and that to me was like, okay, like a year ago, you didn't even want to touch me, but now I'm teaching you, right? Um, and, and, And so it was like, all right, that's cool, right? Like this story's just starting. Um, and so, you know, joined in 20, 2016 in August, uh, company was Shopify, um, you know, in the uh, e-commerce space, or commerce space, um, and ended up spending six years with the company. Um, yeah. it, it was one of those things where, obviously, I was very proud to join the company at that time. You know, I, I, I'd like to say I was there during its best days. Um, today, company is very different than when I started. They're large, they're global. Um, you know, they got uh, thousands of people around the world. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, through the years, I got to build a craft, right, of talent sourcing at Shopify. I built the first uh, commercial sourcing teams that um, had never been built before. I was one of the first uh, recruiter for recruiter, recruiters, um, where I hired our first source candidate for the talent team, right? We brought, and her name was Peggy, she was in Montreal, she was excellent. Um, But everybody else had always been hired internally or like through friends or whatever, right? This was our first like, hey, we'd love for you to come join us, uh, hire. Uh, And I was super proud of that, right? Again, this is a story of like, I've been rejected for the last two years and I'm the one that brought in our first like sourced talent leader right and it's just like okay cool right like this is where i can have some impact now it's starting to show what i can do um and yeah ended up you know having a a great six years there um and you know met a lot of great people worked within talent worked on executive search worked um you know building for the entire commercial org i was the only one Right? Like there's only one person doing commercial talent sourcing at Shopify for a long time and that built the team and that was me. And that's one of those things that like now that I've left the company, you know, you get very retrospective and you, you, you think about like, okay, what did I spend my time doing there? Was it worth it? Like, am I proud of it? Like, were they proud? Like, and you, you have all these questions. And so you get to take some time now, you know, I'm no longer with the company. But, you know, a few months later, I look, I look back and I say, what an experience that I had. I worked my ass off to get there. I, mm-hmm. I killed it while I was there. Uh, unfortunately, at the end of the story, you know, like companies are big now, economy's crazy. You know, my job's not there anymore. Um, I'm calling this my first retirement. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's like what what a time to have been with that company where they were growing, where they were scaling, where things were positive there. Um, and I'm really proud of the time there. Right?
1: You should
0: um, be
2: of we course. We saw a lot of growth. Um, you know, I I helped some of the international files and. Um, uh, you know, worked on on, on, on you know, like things like SFN, like their logistics network and like some of these new projects and finding German speakers in, in Ireland or whatever it is, right? Like all these cool sourcing challenges um, and, you know, just really being able to enjoy the work. Yeah. But the truth is it's a bigger company today, right? And I think my uh, preference are those smaller companies where you can have a bit more impact, where you can feel and own a bit more, Um, and, and that's where this startup opportunity came into my, onto my plate, right through again, through my network, uh, at Shopify, um, you know, they, this came across my desk and I said, okay, this is a small company. Like this is maybe this is an opportunity to kind of get back into that where we're not over 10,000, 15,000 people. Right. It's like, there's only 40. Um, like that's the size of the team I joined when I joined. Right. Um, and, and so it's, um. You know, like all these things, there are just so many opportunities that have happened in the last seven years of me doing this uh, that started with me serving tables. Um, you know, the hardest question I would ask on a daily basis was like, do you want fries or you want salad Uh, and how do you like your steak cooked? Right? Like that was as difficult as it got in that job. Um, and now it's like, okay, now I'm helping find the head of recruitment for Canada's first space company. Uh, it's a blessing, you know, it's, it's, it's something I'm grateful for to have been given that opportunity, but I think you're right. It is rare, you know, that nowadays that companies will take that kind of a risk, uh, and bring people in, especially these larger tech companies. Yeah. Um, you know, you're playing a game, right? Like you're playing the resume game, you're playing the application game, you're playing the this game, that game. Um, and, and you know, people do chase brands, I think, right? Um, especially when you're trying to build your career, you want the yep. big names. Um, but there's actually like so much important work and impact that you can have looking at a startup. That's one of the things I've just realized is like as a talent acquisition professional, like sure, you could work for a Shopify or a Facebook or an Amazon or whoever, but then there's case where there's space ride there's all these small companies that are like they need talent people they need the help and you can actually go in and help them and they'll be happy to have you um and you can have that impact of ownership and building something that you can put your name on and like you said be barbecue uh qualified or whatever right where it's like yeah i am the head of talent at this thing and this is what i do um and it's you're not just an it specialist somewhere or a banker or an accountant or whatever not to say anything bad about those jobs no uh, but no to me they're just not as exciting
1: You've got, you, you, there's an opportunity to tell an exciting story. That I think as humans, we are naturally ingrained to tell stories and listen to stories. So when you've got an exciting one, that, that just gives leverage to the to the mission you have. I have so many questions, Allie.
2: Yeah, let's dig into it. So, I've got some time here. I mean, so, we, we, we may not do a four-hour Rogan episode here, but... No, uh, no. i have having fun. Let's spend some time.
1: I've, I've known... To, I, wait, I've got a three-hour one under my books. I just know that audience-wise might... I think... <laughs> so, <laughs> we're probably not going to get there. I'm not Rogan, nor do right, I want no, to be. So, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we've got... So, first thing on my mind is... There's so much interesting information that you have. So, you mentioned, let me get this straight. Were you employee 40 at Shopify?
2: On the talent team, specifically. On the talent no, team. No. Okay, by, cool. By cool. that time, the company was just under 2,000 people or around 2,000. Yeah. Um, but the talent team, I was uh, 40 or 41.
1: That gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And And so, when you left, how big was Shopify?
2: the The entire company,
1: entire company. Yeah.
2: Um, I believe it was over fourteen thousand. Yeah, uh, globally, yeah, around there. I, I'm not sure what the official number is. There's like seven, number. seven x
1: growth is banana yeah. sandwich to say the least.
2: There, you can probably go to their official yeah. site to get a real number, is what we've always had to tell people. But it's around 14, <laughs> globally. Yeah.
1: So I mean, that kind of that's sort of like the next level scale. So like for myself, I've always been like to your point like the 40 40 person mark and help them get to 250 300 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now my current rule we've got like 500 or so and we're growing and getting to like you know a thousand to 1500 and there are definitely like it like like with kids or, or anything, or just like with growing up, there's different things you focus on at different stages of your life. And I think the same applies from a company perspective. Like you focus on different things when you are a startup that you do at a scale up, that you do a large enterprise, it's established, and there's always something to fix. We you know, people wouldn't be employed if there weren't problems to solve, but there's different problems at each of those chapters. So I think the first place I'm most curious about on behalf of the listeners, I think is, well, there's two things that I want to say so I don't forget either of them. The first one is like the transition, like if you could go back in time and tell, give like three or four tidbits of information to when you just got into recruitment. Um, like here's the things you really need to focus on and here's the mistakes you made you know as you were learning what would those things be and then I think the other question is um, just so that we don't forget <laughs> really is like going from 2,000 employees to 14,000 employees um, and like the talent team of like 40 to whatever it was when you know when you move on like what is what are those those lessons? Like what are the biggest takeaways you took from from that kind of growth? Like what are the lessons you learned? So let's yeah, let's focus in on on like going from not in recruitment to being in recruitment for anybody that is about to pick up the recruitment sword, so to speak, and and go through that challenge.
2: Yeah, I mean I think, you know, for me, like the thing that I like I I didn't get into this because I wanted to get into recruitment specifically. Right. Like that was a job that I'd spent some time. Like I, the first thing I did was I identified the job I want or the company I I believed in. Right. Right. And the next thing I said, okay, like I have no experience. So like, let me figure out what is something that I can do there. Something that energizes me, something that's interesting. And then I'm going to figure out what are, what I need to do to get there. Um, And so, you know, taking the time early on to be purposeful of where I'm going, what I want to do and why I want to do it is important because you know, as somebody who's now hired a lot of recruiters and sources and people, it's like, there's a clear difference between people that are just looking for a job and want to come in and do this thing versus somebody that's genuinely like, this is why I want this. This is what I've done to prove it. And like, here's like, let's, let's chat about it because I'm jazzed. I'm excited about it. I'm right. genuinely interested.
1: Can and we, so, can we double click on that? Sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, that meant like have you seen that prove out to be true like time and time again because that's not like a data point that you can put on like oh it's you sp- not. Not. Is- so i guess i'm curious like from from your experience like when you find someone who is genuinely truly interested and it's aligns with their motivation and you end up hiring them is are they typically and you could think of you could apply this almost to any role or position Does it significantly, from your experience, because you've seen so much, like, uh, does it typically translate to this person's going to be a top performer or just going to be an incredible person to hire?
2: Yeah, great, great question. Um, You know, I think, you know, seeing like, does this translate? Like, what is... Like, have you proven your hypothesis true, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, have you hired this person and have they done well or have they just kind of cruised? Yeah. Um, look, you, you know, in hiring, there's always going to be that little bit of uncertainty, right? Like, yeah. you could be guaranteed to hire someone and you're like, this went great, but maybe they just interviewed really great um, yeah. and just kind of yeah. got on the radar sometime. I haven't really seen that in, you know, my years of experience um, where somebody came in and was like, this is terrible. Like, we've made a bad mistake um, hiring this person or this is not the right thing. Um, again, you know, my experience in the last seven years or six years, um, you know, like we did a lot of diligence in terms of like how we hired and who we let in and the way we caught, we talked to them. Right. And so I think that comes down to like how you interview It, it. I, I, you know, Being able to predict that success, right? Predict uh, through that initial interview. That's actually super ambiguous. Like, I don't think there's actually any way you could do that uh, because we're not we're not we're it's we're talking to a person. We're not rubbing a lamp asking for the future here, right? Right, right, right. Um, I think the best we can do is just make sure, you know, that you have a consistent way of evaluating people and bringing them in based on those values. And you try your best to train to come up with the systems. Like, how do we best identify these? Um, in my experience, yes, you know, when you do have, at least for, for, for in earlier stages of company, when you have a team who maybe you you trust more to make those evaluations that may be a bit more true, um, you know, that there is a correlation between like, these are excellent people that have done really well versus we're just trying to get butts in the seats now. I think that also ties into an evolution of a company and the way they scale and the decisions they make along the way. I don't know if you can have that kind of a system with a large 10,000 person company, right? Because, well, you've got hundreds and hundreds of recruiters at this point, right? Like you can't just, it It, it, it didn't work in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this, it didn't scale um, because there's just a different way you need to start interviewing people because you end up wasting time and it's inefficient and leaves actually a lot more room for bias um, because there's not a lot of, emphasis put on training and and stuff like that and so you know like do those you know like have i seen success yes i've seen success you know i've hired a lot of people on my own personal team and they've been excellent you know i've been just grateful for all these people that i've worked with and it started with a great interview um you know and and that genuine interest in the craft right Mm -hmm. so like luckily for for me you know when i'm joining or when i was hiring for talent sources for example you know there is a craft component to it where it's okay, I don't care if you're just like really nice in the interview and can make me feel good about myself. It's like, no, no, I'm going to put you down with a keyboard in front of you and you're going to show me your craft. You're going to yeah. show me your sourcing. You're show me your workflows. And so there is a way to see through that, like, are you excited about this work? Do you like this work? Are you thinking about it? Like, or are you just going through the motions to like get through this interview? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and it's, it's day and night, right? Like when you're spending time with people to say, okay, like I'm here, I'm here to answer all the questions you have and like to talk about this thing and like have a back and forth. And it's like, do you, do you care about it? Cause then you have no questions and you're like, okay, no, I'm good. Um, or do you actually want to talk about sourcing or do you want to talk about recruitment or do you want to dig into this and get nerdy about it? Um, because that's to me, those are the people I want to be surrounded by. The people that, you know, give a shit about spending time doing this thing.
1: 100%. Yeah. No, the um, the interesting thing that you mentioned there is you can't – it's not something that you can sort of – like you can see people that are going through the motions, mm-hmm. right? And, and kind of identifying that early on is helpful. The other thing that stood out to me as a – Something that makes a lot of sense that I really enjoy, like the metaphor of is, you know, you know, having someone walk you through their craft and like the word craft and craftsmanship. I always kind of have you know because I'm a big you know fantasy D and D nerd. I could talk about you know Lord of the Rings and and that D and D you know forever, but the 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 analogy I like making is like. What kind of blacksmith do you want to be in terms of, do you want to make a hundred swords, you know, because like the company is, you know, the, the town is going to war and needs to protect themselves or are you the, the blacksmith that like is really, truly passionate about their craft and. You know, each sword, even if you have to make a lot of them or each shield is, you know, you put care into it and you're finding new metals to use. And like the same thing can be the thing I like the most about that that sort of talking about craftsmanship is that that analogy applies to any position. If you are talking to somebody who is in IT and they're a, you know, systems analyst, you can even if you don't understand you know, what they do on a day-to-day basis, there's a significant difference between somebody who's like really cares about what they do versus I'm just going through the motions and maybe that person hasn't figured out what they truly wanna do in life or what truly energizes them. You could see that difference to your point. And, and I think one place that people get hung up on in terms of like assessing talent and you know you know do you send a take home exercise or how are we going to get this person to do like a presentation to the executive team to prove that like mm-hmm. this person is the person to hire i think you just hit the nail on the head there in terms of like just have them walk you through their craft oh yeah, yeah. and it you know there's no there's no fancy way to do it you don't need to pay thousands of dollars for software it's just let's talk about the nitty gritty let's like let's see what's under the hood let's talk person to person explain it to me like I was five if I don't understand it but you can hear that in their tone their voice and how deep they go and all the different areas that they talk about so
2: a hundred percent and you know that was I think one of the exciting parts for me you know at my previous company where where we were building this this team um and where we were able to finally or get closer to convincing uh you know recruitment leadership that like actually, this is a craft role, right? Like this isn't a junior recruiter. They're not just here to be the help. Um, I've been called the help before. That sucks. Right. It's like, no, 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 I'm the specialist you're bringing in because you can't solve this problem by yourself. Um, right. Um, and so, you know, being able to convince your team and convince your partners that like, we're all craft specialists and we're all have our own individual crafts and then being able to understand that craft deeply and say, okay, you may like, show me, like, let's talk about this. And here's an example, right? So, you know, when I'm hiring a sorcerer, there was uh, like a technical component, and I would do a lot of those where it's like, share your screen, here's a job description, like, I'm the hiring manager, take me through it. And I've had one, and okay, I'm not gonna put any names out here, obviously confidentiality, but like, by all means, like, the hour I spent with this person, like, it was if I was only looking at the screen and not having a conversation with them, they would have failed, right? Like, they, they, their tooling wasn't working, their Boolean strings were off, they, they didn't have the right system set up, um, but... The way they were explaining, this is what I'm trying to do. This is why I'm trying to do this. This is what I'm hoping to get. These are the steps I'm taking. This is what I would do next. Even though they weren't able to prove it because their system wasn't working, the conversation was very much engaged. And it was like, okay, you're saying everything right. You're doing it right. You're explaining to me what you would do and why this isn't working. Um, And so you understand your craft. Right, You understand what the point of this is, even though it's yeah. right now in this one situation, like you're just not able to like put it in properly or you're nervous, right? Like people test differently. And so, you know, me in the position I was like, I understood the role and the craft and how to do it very well. And so just through that conversation I had with this um, excellent, you know, uh, sorcerer, sourcer, um, they, 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 they've gone on to work for a very large company overseas now and, and they're doing excellent. Um, but you know, like just showing me your interest and your, your your ability in this craft of talent sourcing mm-hmm. um, was what clinched the deal, right? Yeah. So it, it wasn't, did you successfully answer the question, did you successfully get me four leads, did you successfully answer you know, the take-home quiz? It's like, no, no, like, let's actually talk about the test. Yeah. go through this whole thing together show like show me your work right it's like in high school when they're like don't just put the answer like we have to see your work it's like show, your show work, me the yeah. work right and yeah. and that goes a long way
1: 100% yeah. so we um, we promised ourselves we wouldn't talk for over an hour <laughs> and here we are it it breaking happens. our promise which is great but obviously want to you know respect your time um, and I've, I've got a few more questions I think we can wrap up and um, Kind of going back to the what have you, you know, for folks that are going through a pretty intense level of scale, so to speak, like what are some of the key things that you took away from from your experience at Shopify? Say so like, this really worked. This was great. I would do it again at any other company. And, you know, maybe even like this didn't work. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to and uh, it didn't <laughs> and we, yeah. had to, we had to learn from it. So totally.
2: I, I think one of the, the first things I would suggest to anyone that's like looking at scale and is looking to scale their operations is to look at your workflows like everything needs to be consistent. It needs to be repeatable. So for example, what do I mean by that? It's like, okay, let's say I want to hire um, a merchant success manager. I need to know ahead of time. Looks like, this is what our process is. This is who the hiring managers are. These are my partners. This is what the shortlist looks like. And so that allows you to create speed so that you're not stopping every time trying to figure out, okay, who do they need to meet next? And then you're building a system essentially is what you're doing. So it comes down to your talent systems, your talent workflow, um, and just really spending time to not just do it yourself as a recruiter, but you're working with the business to say, we need to like come up with a system for hiring for, UX, for merchant success, for sales, for front end, whatever, right? Um, And working closely with your partners to bring them along because recruiting is a team sport, right? Like we need our hiring managers there and it is part of their job to be a part of this process, right? Like we can't just do it all by ourselves. And so being able to bring them in early to have the ownership over their domain, I think is probably one of the best parts of like, okay, this is how we scale and this is how we're gonna get faster. Get the business involved, make sure they understand their role in this and are making themselves available um, because it's their team ultimately at the end of the day, right? Like mm-hmm. we are 100%. recruiters or sorcerers and we're here to help you, but this onus is on you. Right? Yeah. Now, obviously, like whatever, people will blame whoever else they <laughs> happen,
0: right? That's always going
1: to happen. Yeah. Um,
0: but you hired them, are, not me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait
1: a second. Okay. All right. Pedantics. All right. Fine. All right. Um, let me just pull up this report. Oh, yeah. All right. So,
2: like yeah. your systems. I think focusing in on your systems, systems. that you need um, early on, uh, because you don't you don't want to be in this this situation where it's like, holy shit, we're scaling and we're flailing. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're just flailing around. Um, and then you have a team that doesn't know how to scale or like they're working in a silo or whatever it is.
1: Is scaling um, and flailing a thing or did you just coin that? Cause we should I probably,
2: just, I just coined that. Usually, usually my, my, t- my thing was, you know, when I would, <laughs> uh, when I would be, uh, <laughs> evaluating sources in these inter- interviews, like it would be a difference between, do you know what you're doing? Or are you just flailing around on the internet? Um, right. sometimes people would just do that, right? And they're just like, okay, what are you searching? Like what? Um, yeah. and you're just hoping for something to come up. Right. Um, and, and, and. Yeah, that's where you're going. It's like, okay, no, no, no. Knowing how to use these tools, manipulate the internet, you know, what's your Google foo like? Do you understand Boolean? Like, that's where you're like, oh, there's a craft to this. There's a skill set to understanding how to use these tools, how to manipulate, how to iterate, um, and how to continuously generate these new leads. And then even from there, it's like, how do you talk to them? It's like, all of these pieces contribute to a craft, right? Um, And so that's where, you know, just like that deep understanding of like, who does what? Who's responsible for what? And how do you do this so that you're efficient and not flailing around?
1: Yeah. 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 No, awesome. Um, Few. Uh, so you obviously talked about, you know, the opportunity in SpaceRide, um, you know, and how cool that is. Mm-hmm. You, you gave us a ton of awesome tips and pointers in terms of, you know, what you learned on your journey from hospitality to e-commerce and being at basically the world's biggest e-commerce, you know, tool and an organization. Um, I guess, you know, is there anything, you know, anything else you'd want to leave with the, you know, an eager and hungry audience of HR recruitment and people ops, passionate folks?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to call out where I think everybody in our industry right now is seeing, you know, like that the, there's this downturn, there's a lot of layoffs happening, there's a recession around the corner, there's all this uncertainty, and we're seeing a lot of TA teams get hit. So I know that it's, it's probably high anxiety, you know, if, if you're at a job right now or if you're at a company and you haven't seen these things. But all I want to say is like, you know, I've uh, unfortunately had the opportunity, call it an opportunity or whatever, to go through a layoff. It gets better, guys. It does get better. There's so many opportunities out there. It hurts, it sucks, it's disruptive to your life and all these things. But like, there's so much going on, you know, like, like I, I had no idea two months ago that there was a space startup or a space industry in Canada. And now I'm now I'm working with them. Um, You know, there's so many other tech companies that are growing. There's so much going on. Um, And so, like, don't get caught up in. Oh, man, I don't know if I want to say this. Maybe I do want to say it, but like, you know, like check your corporate loyalty, Um, you know, like these companies are laying off quick. And so, like, take care of yourself, you know, be 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 confident in your skills, understand what you bring to the table um, and keep your keep your networking open you know, like stay involved with the community, understand other companies that are out there, always have your plan B. Um, you know, nothing is forever. Um, and if you start thinking that way, it can be harmful to yourself sometimes. So keep your options going, stay fresh, stay on top of new tech, new companies, um, engage with your network. You know, if you're a recruiter, meet other recruiters. That's how I've stayed in touch with you, Martin, right? Like Mm -hmm. just through our network and just from every now and then sending each other some leads or like, how you doing or like whatever it is. Um, you know, that's what that that's to me. It's one of the things that shows like your engagement and just your interest in this. And you'll be better yourself. Like, you know, learn to respect yourself and and build your network and love the work you do, um, and 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 just know that you're great. That's it. Yeah. No matter what the industry tells us right now.
1: Ali says you're great. I like. I think and that's important. And whatever, yeah. take
2: a, take a little bit of a break. In a few months, they'll be paying twice as much for your talent again. So it's all good. Exactly.
1: Now, what an awesome. Uh, what an awesome chat! I cannot thank you enough for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, oh,
2: my pleasure, Martin. Like, thank you so much for offering to bring me on. Like, this was the first time I've done this, and like, the the, the People People Group is one of the largest, uh, you know, uh, people HR talent communities in North America, and so I'm just like very honored that you asked me to do this uh, of and to take part with your your community. So, thank you.
1: Now, hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll have some interesting folks from the community reach out. Uh, I've got now that I know a bit more about the role, I, I've got some folks in mind that I, I'll, I'll ping you with. We're obviously going to share the the role in the community. Yeah. Um, and no, like, again, thank you so much and really enjoy chatting with you.
2: Yeah, no problem. Don't forget to uh, like, and subscribe and all those things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll do another one of these in the future, but, uh, I had a blast. Thank you so much and have a fantastic rest of your day.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. And that wraps up another episode of, from a people perspective. If you learned something today and want to join an amazing Slack community of talented HR, recruitment, and operations professionals, head on over to thepeoplepeoplegroup.com. On there, you can sign up to join the Slack community or get access to a number of incredible resources we've carefully curated on a bounty of relevant topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, policies and procedures, and even employment branding. Again, all this can be viewed at thepeoplepeoplegroup.com. It's completely free and pretty awesome. As well, you can find and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, find us at People and on Instagram at the People People Group. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you soon.